Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. It's in the room with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's that close. Play with me. No, no. <laughs> oh, boy. It's if you're listening to this the day it comes out, you're probably already here if you're going to Gen Con. Yeah, that's probably true. When this it's... episode comes out, I will be in LAX waiting oh. to get on my plane. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to our beautiful city, Indianapolis. <laughs> the big dirty, the as they call it. <laughs> The broken wheel, as anyone who travels 465 <laughs> likes to call it. Hope you like I'm construction. I'm so excited to see you all in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so soon. Yes, hopefully when this episode comes out, we have the house ready for you. <laughs> much to do. Much yet to do. Much, yeah. much to do. I'll just sleep in a tent in your backyard. <laughs> That's much easier. Yeah, I've got, if you're good with just like a little hammock that goes between trees, then you're all set already. Yeah, no, I'm not really sure what about me implies that I'm at all an outdoor girl. Nothing. That's why I was so shocked. Yeah. <laughs> it implies how afraid she is of your secret Frankenstein. Oh, the and... Frankenstein. <laughs> Jake's like, no, that's more difficult because then I have to mow the grass. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Then I have to pick up dog poop. I have oh, to mow the grass. That's a whole thing. That's a day. Ugh. Yeah. And I don't have one of those because it's Gen Con. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's here. We're doing it, guys. Well, listen, a couple of weeks ago, I don't I don't remember if I said this in an intro. I definitely said it on the Discord. But I had mentioned that we're close to the end of season five. <laughs> this is gearing up to be a mea culpa. Yeah, I'm a liar. <laughs> Sorry about okay, that. What's that got to do with the finale? Though? Um, Boom. It's, not, oh. it's not happening right now. It's It's simply... I thought the story was 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 done at this point for season five. It's not. I was lying to myself. I was trying to make it like, oh, look, we have episodes that are equal amount of... It doesn't matter. It's not over. So buckle in. So yeah, season five is supersized, okay? Yeah, supersized in honor of Grimace's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, a lot of callbacks. I don't think anyone's mad at more episodes. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Rev's like... <laughs> Exactly. Rev's that exactly, exactly like that. exactly what I sound like. <laughs> He's like, I lied. It's not ending. Season five's never ending. I'm no. never setting you free. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, we are going to do a Q&A for Rapscallion. Uh, so if you have questions you would like to ask, if you've got cues you'd like aid, send those to us at the cast of the show podcast.com or you can put them in our Discord and we would like those by August 19th. All right, so August 19th, get us those cues. We will A them as we as we wrap up Rapscallion. 
Whoop, whoop. Yeah. But not season five. But not that's season five. Rapscallion. Rap. That's scallion. Rap. That's, <laughs> that's a rap scallion. <laughs> yeah. We're just we're gonna we're gonna lap ourselves in in season five. And when it comes to like calendar dates. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, why were we trying to follow like a TV show schedule? I, I think because I think it was just to give ourselves vacations. <laughs> <laughs> well, think... we didn't take those. No. <laughs> I think it's because like this is modeled after a TV show. Oh, so it's like, oh yeah, sense. like seasons. It and, felt right. And seasons will all be this length and it's an improv game, baby. We yeah, can't we can't guess. It's not over. It's not over until you hear that special music that you know, like, oh shit, something's gonna happen. Yeah. But even a- then, it might not be over. That's just- <laughs> that, then it might just be a lead up into a new exciting a story beat That's that true. is still season Who five forever and ever. Keep them guessing. But I will, in fact, as I said before, and probably next time it'll be true, I'll tell you when season five is coming to an end. Okay. okay. He's like, but again, I'm a liar. So <laughs> Rev's like, we stop when I say we stop. <laughs> oh my God, he's got automatic bars that covered the door. <laughs> As you drop your focus, the kelp falls away and he just crashes backwards, having been held back by it. And now that's gone. So he just flails in a panic into the water. Out on the ship, you're all buffeted again by the waves of this massive creature hitting the ocean. And the water churns for a few moments. Blood bubbles up to the top, but then nothing. I think... All of you from your vantage can see already far out in the ocean the dark shape of him speeding away as fast as he can. What do we do about the people on the other islands? I assume they're being guarded too. Do we want to send all of the allies we've got here to the smaller islands? That's not a bad idea. I mean, Kradoom's monsters are real nasty, but they go down pretty easily if you can separate them, like only deal with one at a time. Yeah, and I mean... For all we know, once we engage Kurdum in a fight, he'll call them all to back him up. So having someone else to handle them is not a bad idea. I don't suppose the queen or any members of her court are like great ass kickers, are they? Any of her personal guard, the strongest, are certainly in the dungeons. Yeah, let's try and cut a path that leads us past the armory. See what that looks like to the dungeons. Suddenly you hear about a dozen cannon shots. You watch the cannonballs soar towards the ship. Cannonballs begin to crash down into the water around you all, as from high up on the mountain, Kredum's beasts send a salvo to try to take out the ship as you make your way around the island. You are going to have to go quickly if you're going to go. They are certainly concerned with us. All right, let's go. And I'll uh, reach out my hand to Jake to get him up around my neck like a backpack. All right, who's leading the charge here? I am, as soon as we're all in the water. Everyone grab hands. And then I'm mermaid tail, forcing my way as fast as I can, pulling everyone to shore. All right, roll a break in. And I think since you're all kind of working together on this, you would get Jake's plus one from sizing up how to do this. Seven. Woo! All right, you get to pick one, and so do I. I think we run into an obstacle we didn't expect. Okay, so you're trying to, like, approach so that you're coming in near the barracks first, right? Yes. Awesome. So I think to line this up right, Dorva and his crew have to get a little straightaway going to give you enough cover to get into the water and make your way under so that you're not seen. But in doing, they're making a static target. So as they're giving you this cover, 
you watch two cannonballs rip through the hull of the ship and it starts sinking. But Dorva and and his team seem pretty deft in the water. They're uh, clearly trying to help the other sailors, uh, Jeffrey and Edwin, and uh, they're making their way much slower than they would have otherwise towards that third island away from the sinking ship. But you all feel like you've gotten away unseen as you make your way towards the docks under the barracks and make your way up. Most of this seems really deserted. It's bizarrely empty. There is a lot of detritus, though. There's just stuff laying around that seems fresh. Like, the vibe I think that you get is that this was evacuated recently. Like, people have probably been moved indoors quickly when there were signs of trouble. But as you pop up in front of the barracks, you see that there is a very large, horrific beast standing in front of the main door. It's vaguely gorilla-like in that it has very large front arms. It's like walking on all fours, but kind of humanoid with these massive arms and much smaller little legs. But it has no head to speak of. It has this kind of mottled grayish skin with little tufts of fur and it just seems extremely yoked this this thing is <laughs> this thing lifts does this yoked headless ape i'm sitting you right you gotta stop here. calling jake that <laughs> <laughs> and i thank you <laughs> first how dare you second that's very sweet. <laughs> it's both the meanest and the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Does it seem to be aware of us? It does not. I want to throw something past it to see if it notices, like draw its attention somewhere else. Yeah, okay, roll a dirty trick for me. 11. No problem, you throw some debris uh, past it, past the building, and it immediately lumbers around the building at like a full ape-like sprint, like climbs up half of the building and, and leaps over the fence to the outer street looking for whatever made that noise. What the fuck was that? It had no head. Why did it hear that? <laughs> Maybe it sensed like a sound or vibrations of the rock landing. I don't know. Maybe it had a head. It was just really, really tiny compared to the body. <laughs> yeah, these things are wild. They don't make any sort of sense, but good job. Let's get some weapons. Yeah. All right. You rush in, and it is also abandoned. Everything is pretty dusty in here. There's a whole area for like sleeping quarters and then a big area of just racks of weapons. Um, there aren't a lot of firearms, but there are a lot of things that look like they are very easy to use underwater. But there are a few. There are certainly a couple of rifles, a few pistols, um, just uh, nothing particularly fancy. But you got your choice. Yeah, I'll grab a bunch of spears. Okay. Yeah, like I just want to do that thing where you throw out a piece of cloth, put a bunch of spears and wrap it and tie it so you've got a, just a big bundle to throw to a group. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to grab just like a sword if there's a sword available. Oh, absolutely. All of this stuff is like, well, it's aquatic themed. You know, these are 
these are like merfolk and they they have their shtick and it's beautiful everything is well crafted metal there are like some gorgeous swords that look like they're ridged like seashells and some that look like they're stylized to be different kinds of undersea creatures there's even a set of what look like gauntlets that are formed to look like giant lobster claws Um, all sorts of cool shit in here but yeah the swords are mostly really sleek Um, again they look like they're made to be used while in the water but obviously it's just it's a it's a sharp sharp sword so it'll do you good i'm grabbing the sword while i stare longingly at the lobster claws and lament that i am small here (laughs) i really think you could pull that off you'd have like a real fiddler crab thing going on (laughs) we could just like tighten the straps you could make it work i'll grab those and put them in my bag and we'll find out what happens when we bring them back through (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah uh there's also some really cool blunderbusses that are like one of a kind and you really feel like tass would appreciate one (laughs) If you were to take it back as a gift. I'll throw one of those in my bag too. Yes. I tell I tell Jake, I was like, don't worry, you'll grow into these someday. <laughs> then I get the fuck out of there. <laughs> um, all right. I, I'll give you for free here that, you know, this this takes a little time. So as you're doing this bundling some stuff up, you certainly hear movement outside of the door again. Don't suppose that trick's gonna work a second time. Jake, you think you can talk to him? <laughs> <laughs> Pretend like your family. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I I can at least lead it away from the door again, so all of you can get out. Um, yeah. Is there are there windows or anything? Yeah. Okay. I want to try and squirrel out a window instead, and like sneak around so that I'm on the opposite side of this thing from the building, so that like again when I get its attention, it's moving away from the door. Uh, yeah. I think I'll count that you know getting out the window getting into position all that is kind of one maneuver here so i think we could justify that as a dirty trick as well may i alternatively use my new move which is called Lightfoot? well yeah read us that again when you sneak around without anyone noticing roll plus vinegar on a hit hold one on a 10 plus hold two spend hold to sneak past someone even if they're looking for you on a miss take a trouble to hold one or get caught i like it 12. Hell yeah. Yeah! So first, using a hold to successfully get by him to where you want to be, right? Yes. Yeah, I want to spend my first hold to sneak out of the building, past him, away from the building. Like going the same direction he went the first time? No, I think going like perpendicular to that. Like I feel like making it seem like whatever he heard the first time has moved. Like, you know, maybe I was that first thing too, and now I'm somewhere else nice okay yeah so then i think you're more like down the street like you know the direction he's facing you're able to successfully get a length down that way uh what are you gonna do i want to like climb up into a tree to a height that he can see me and then when it seems like he's facing my direction just like hold up one fist in solidarity because we are (laughs) we are brethren and see how he reacts (laughs) you see it shift As if it's seeing you, like just that subtle kind of turn and widening, like broadening of its shoulders. And very quickly, it also raises its fist, (laughs) but then makes what seems like an almost apologetic shrug (laughs) as it starts barreling down the street. I nod slowly. A tear rolls down my eye. I'm not an understanding. Notice that it's pecs blink. (laughs) (laughs) Its nipples are just gazing at you. Uh, Okay, I'm I'm going to try and wait it out until I see them get out of the building 
before I try to scamper and catch up. All right, like it, this thing is barreling down the street towards you. So like, are you are you using the hold immediately? Like, are you are you like what are you doing as it comes at you? I mean, what's the timeline between it starting to run and them sneaking out the door? Because I would hope it's immediate. <laughs> like, I would hope that they're like, <laughs> there know. it goes See thundering. How this plays out. Yeah, I mean, you guys can hear it like just the immediate heavy, heavy footfalls as it's uh, leaving the area. Yeah, yeah. As, as soon as we hear that it's leaving its post. So yeah, it gets, you know, about halfway down, you know, enough time for them to have heard the, the footsteps make some, you know, real distance. And uh, you see them scurry out and around uh, past the building and in between some of the other buildings there at the uh, bottom here at the docks. But it's still coming. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I see pretty much the door open, like that's when I would, mechanically spin my other hold like when i know that its focus is on me and i know that they're on their way out i'm comfortable removing myself from its attention (laughs) yeah so yeah i will spin my other hold to bypass this thing in the opposite direction and catch up to the rest of the squad yeah what's this look like i am waiting at the top of the tree and like as it gets closer on ground level i wait until like some of the lower brush obstructs its view of me and then i hop to an adjacent tree and just kind of fire pole slide down that one and we just are two ships passing through the brush where we cannot see each other. <laughs> Amazing. I, I think you actually see it like making its way up that tree. And as you're making distance, you're uh, able to see it pop up. Like usually, you know, you're, you're waiting for somebody's head to pop up and look around. But it's just shoulders that pop up from the top of the tree and shift in all directions. And uh, it wilts and then it slides down. <laughs> but you <laughs> made your way back to your friends. Um, down here, it's... You know, it's a lot of just basic stuff that is probably in support of the barracks. Like this whole side is just a mix of like blacksmiths, forges, like buildings and stuff like that and places to eat. Um, you know, there's at least one building that's a very big, long hall um, that's uh, probably some kind of cafeteria and then just smaller support buildings on this side of the island. But even over here, there are steps like carved out of the the stone of this mountain uh leading up do we see any purple shells yet uh yeah so like if you start making your way towards the stairs they do have these like plaques essentially that are set up uh the one that you would see on this side uh has a shell that is purple one that is orange, one that is gold, and one that is blue. So if you're following, you'd start crisscrossing back and forth up these uh, like switchback stairs leading up the side of the mountain. Everything here is gorgeous. This place seems very old but well-maintained. There are statues and things carved into the walls. The Even like the rails to hold on to on the switchbacks are um, beautiful scenes carved into it. Um, beasts and things that are just carved out of the stone to, to make all of this stunning. Things are lined with gems and gold and silver. Uh, it's, it's just a gorgeous city built out of this mountain. And eventually, you're about halfway up this mountain. You can see the castle above you where it's a little bit more pristinely carved, where the, you know, literally the top of the mountain was like chiseled to be this castle. Um, There are many, many inlets into the mountain that you've passed, but most of them don't have these shell markers or the markers keep indicating to go up until you get to this spot about halfway where 
there is uh, a purple shell only in one direction. Let's head for purple. All right. You make your way into the mountain through a door. On this side, there isn't anyone guarding it. As you make your way in, it's a long hallway. And again, it just seems eerily quiet. Everything is just muffled and subdued in an odd way as you make your way through these halls. As you get inside, you follow the purple shell markers, and eventually they start leading you back down. And there's a long spiral stair leading down that as you make your way, you start to hear sounds from below, just shuffling and movement uh, from very far below you. Does it sound like footfalls, bootfalls, little clawed beast feet? Monster Tentacle falls? falls. Yeah. Do I hear like that of suction cups? I don't think you need to size up to know that it doesn't sound like a person walking. It's certainly a little more unbalanced than that. I want to try and do this again. Uh, I want to I want to try to use Lightfoot to see if I can sneak by unnoticed. All right, roll it. Ten. Nice. Uh, so you want to make your way down and uh, avoid this thing, whatever the sounds are, yes? Yeah. I mean, so I spin the hold to sneak past someone. Yeah. So, yeah, making my way down the stairs until there is a someone to sneak past. Absolutely. You are able to take it slow and steady using uh, any of the decoration and stuff in the in the kind of the spiral halls to cover and... You see it. You see the thing. Uh, what you're spying here is uh, a, like a small room that seems like a very normal like guard post entryway uh, with an open door behind it. The door is like a, a thick wooden door with metal slats and metal bars, but it's open into a long hallway and you can see cells beyond. And the thing in the room is pacing just back and forth, just making kind of a, a circle around this small room, just patrolling, trying to stay in the way, more or less. It has three legs. It's like kind of a porcupine, but with much longer legs. It's much taller. It's got this weird body that is covered in these spines, but it, it's, yeah, like its legs are more like deer legs. So it looks like this thing could move fast in this odd tripod kind of motion uh, as it's, yeah, just just perusing and you can easily sneak by and get through to that hallway if you so choose. Does it seem to have like keys on it or anything? Uh, it doesn't, no. Do the keys seem to be in this room before I would sneak through into the hallway? Do I need to pick them up on my way? I think you can see them. Uh, there is a table off to the side. It seems like this would probably be the kind of setup where if it were just people down here, they'd have this table dragged over to the center and a you know chair and, and they'd be kind of guarding it there with all the stuff on the table. Um, but it's all just been pushed to the side and there is a set of keys on the table with uh, a bunch of other just random items, a couple boxes, things like that. Okay. Um... I will still sneak past this thing first and into the hallway before I go for the keys. Okay, absolutely. Uh, you get down into this long hall. It is full of cells, and the cells are full of seaborn. You judge there's probably at least 100 people down here. Oh, fuck. That's so <gasps> many more than I expected. I want to scurry over to one that I think is out of earshot of the porcupine. Yeah, I think you'd have to go pretty far down the hall, but yeah. 
and just ask the people in it, hey, who here are the fighters? One of them gasps at the sight of a monkey talking to him from outside of of the cell. Yeah, I mean, actually, a, a hand like slaps over that guy's mouth, silencing him. And behind him is uh, an older, like kind of grizzled looking woman that um, she's she's a little scarred up, um, but she looks at this guy sternly and puts her fingers to her lips and like essentially throws him out of the way and comes up to the bars. Who are you? My name is Jake. We're here to free you and the queen and the court and get the bad guys out of here. I've got friends. They're upstairs and they've got more weapons. But in the meantime, and I just kind of gestured like the few things I've got on me, I can at least dole out a few effects if you've got people that can use them when things break bad. Yes, if you could get us weapons. Wait, how many of you are there? How did you get in? I, again, just sort of gesture to my small form. I'm very evasive and sneaky. Yes, I can I can see, I suppose. You are a shapeshifter or a very smart monkey? I'm a pretty smart monkey. <laughs> I'm also a little boy, and I put on my mask for a moment and do a little dance. I don't... <laughs> I don't think we have time for any of this. You're right. That's my bad. It's like, I'm also a 30-year-old man. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> I contain multitudes. <laughs> yes, but if you could arm us, this hall alone could take back this city. I mean, we don't have enough weapons for a hundred people. I'm going to be honest. I didn't expect that many of you to be locked in here. How many do you have? Uh, right now on me. Let's see. One, two, three clubs. One sword. One gun, not technically mine. That's all. That's all I have. But there's like a bundle of spears upstairs. If you can get this cell open, we can destroy that beast. That is more than enough for us. Damn, okay. Yeah, I want to go back and try and snatch the keys. First, I'm going to leave some things with them. I'm going to leave the clubs. I'm going to put, just hand the three clubs through the bars to the people in there. You know, I just think if I have to come running back and unlock it on the run, I, I want you guys to be able to protect me. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you in advance. This is going to go south. And then I will go back down the hall and try and sneak those keys. If cartoons have taught me anything, it seems like you should be able to pick the lock with your monkey tail. I didn't even try, did I? He sticks the monkey tail in there and then he twirls it around and then it pulls it out and it's stuck in the shape of a key and it just does the red throbbing like, oh no. (laughs) Okay, you have one more hold, right? Yeah. Would this qualify? The hold are spent to sneak past someone. I'm kind of like in and out, like still sneaking past them. I think so. I di- when you came through for, I'll be honest, when you came through first, I didn't think so. But with the situation you have set up, if you know you're spending that hold, you know, you don't really have an exit plan besides accomplishing this task. I think you can just spend the hold to get the keys. I will. All right. I think it takes some time as uh, you sneak up to grab these keys to keep them quiet and make your way back into the hall. So what does this look like? Like there, I can tell you immediately that like key in a lock and turning is gonna make noise. So are you like starting at the front here with the ones closest to the door? Are you going all the way back? to the person you talked to that you armed. Are the cells also just like separated by bars? Like, can they reach through to each other? Um, They can't reach through to each other like laterally, but like the front, you know, like the doors are just bars. And actually, as you get into the hallway, I can tell you that like all the way from the back, you're seeing them like put their hands out the bars and they're signaling to each other. And it like passes from cell to cell 
down the way, some sort of sign language or signaling about what's going on. Then I think I want to start at the furthest end and like get one unlocked and like see if maybe I can get any more unlocked as this thing comes down the hall and then make it a matter of someone unlocks a door, gets the next people out, hands the keys off, they unlock the next door so that basically this thing ends up down a hall with doors opening on every side of it, like just stuck in the middle of a kill box. All right. You're not exactly break. You're breaking other people out, but you're not trying to get out of the situation. I think just roll straight blood for me here and your level of success will dictate how many cells you're able to get open. Cool. Seven. All right. So... The second that you turn that first lock, it makes a loud clang, and you hear shuffling from the end of the hallway echo down, and you see the shadow of the beast move and look into the hallway. You're already down opening another, and you hear it start to sprint down the hallway. You're able to get another, and it's still coming. By the time it's ready to crash into you, you've got five cells unlocked, And just before this thing is ready to pounce on you, the doors kick open and the woman that had been speaking to you comes roaring out of the cage, clubbing into this thing. The doors are being kicked open on all sides as these soldiers pour out, just attacking this beast. But only a couple of them have weapons, so it's still in close proximity to you. I howl for the rest of the team. Run down the stairs. You hear this ruckus in the hall as you all sprint down and see this bizarre porcupine-like beast galloping around in the hallway and Seaborn swarming it. But you're seeing many of them trying to jump at it as it turns and kicks and a Seaborn goes down. It seems to roll over one and one screams in pain, but it's also shrieking. What do you want to do? I'll take the bundle of spears that I brought down here and unroll it. Here, here, weapons, I brought you weapons. Hell yeah, as you throw that down, uh, all of the rest of them that have been freed are picking them up and laying into this beast that's clawing back and forth. Yeah, I think I'm doing the same thing, passing them through the bars to the groups that have not yet got unlocked, but will get unlocked eventually. Outstanding, and I think, you know, even as you're like passing those out near the fight, a few of them are like trying to jab at it, the ones that are in the closest cells as it's (laughs) making its way back. And after about a minute of this, the beast goes still. There are several seaborn that are down, some in pain, at least one or two that are motionless, but the hallway is quiet. The woman walks up and offers a hand to any one of you that will take it. Thank you. Whoever you are, thank you. We're here for Kadoom. Do you know where he might be? She sneers. Yes, I have an idea. He is likely watching over the queen in her court in the tower. What kind of defenses does he usually keep it aside? She leans down and thumps the head of that beast with her club. More like this. If he finds himself backed into a situation, is he likely to strike out at the queen? The man is a berserker, bloodthirsty. I would not deign to anticipate his moves. We came down here to find the queen's guard. Are you all the queen's guard? She nods. I am General Anand, and these are my elite. How did he get you all down here? Many of us were taken in our sleep, some subdued by Kredum and his beasts, some by our own people. Hmm. We don't have weapons enough for everybody, but obviously you know where things lie here. We can spread out, find all of the beasts that guard all of the locations on the way to the court, but we are weak. 
We've been down here for a very long time. You know this place well. Anyway, up into the courtroom that's not like the big gold-marked stairs? Unfortunately not, unless you are good at scaling rock. You could go up the side of the tower, but I would not risk it, not with the winds that high. I raise a hand. I could climb the rocks and at least draw their attention to the wrong side of the room. Well, I am not a monkey, so you do as you like. I can always climb dangerous things and fit in improbably tiny spaces no matter what. I like that you're raising your hand like it's like one of your daily pledge. affirmations. <laughs> it's like a pledge of allegiance. I am a pretty smart monkey. I can climb any surface no matter how dangerous. I am a normal boy. I have a human face. I am not a headless yoke tape. <laughs> But also, I am. I am you. I will be. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great if we could find our way up there. And if you wanted to scale, that way when we made a move, he was getting blindsided from at least one direction. Yeah. You got it. Uh, I will give Jake my other pistol since he gave away the first one. <laughs> uh, I didn't, but I'm going to take this one also. <laughs> <laughs> I gave I gave away the clubs. I kept my sword and my gun. Now I've got two guns. Okay. Dual gun monkey. I love that anime. <laughs> yeah. You're like hit monkey now. Yeah. I just think of that panel from Hellboy of the monkey with the gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out, I'm climbing the wall with just my tail and my feet, like upside down, holding the guns in both hands. <laughs> All right. So General Anand and her troops follow you out of the dungeon and at the top of the stairs, she turns to you all. What can we do? Make sure we don't get interrupted. Don't let him call his beast to help him. All right. One way or another, there will be very little for you to see between here and there. Soldiers, gold marks, move. And they break off into a few different directions. Um, you have seen as you have traveled that some markers have the same symbol, even in several directions. Obviously, you can get to certain places from many different uh, angles, so to speak. So it seems like her soldiers are splitting off on every possible path to the tower of the courtroom. She turns back to you and points to a central hallway. That is the most direct route. All of them will culminate to the sitting room before the bridge. Across the bridge is the tower that holds the courtroom, the queen's quarters, and those of her advisors. Unless you're climbing the side, across the bridge is the only way in. We will at least clear it to there for you. Thank you. Thank you. You may have saved our people today, but even if we all die, at least we died trying to save them. And she turns and jogs after her troops, club in hand. All right, we're going to head for that central passage, I guess. And I will work my way around to the outside. All right, so the three of you follow the direct route as Jake makes his way around. Uh, Jake, I think you see this a little more. The outer edges of the city and these halls seem to be where the most action had been, the most of these bizarre demons. And you're seeing just wet spots on the ground where many of these things have been dispatched and have puddled. Uh, you do see some blood splatter and, in a couple of occasions, um, some injured seaborn or one or two that were killed and left for the moment. But 
it seems like overall they're doing a pretty damn good job of clearing the halls as you make your way outside and to the bottom of the tower. So this is like very sheer. This is a, a difficult climb, but you can do it. Um, there are a lot of a lot of windows, and obviously this is a big exposed tower that kind of overlooks the bay below, the city behind it that the bridge attaches to, and so on. Do you just want to get up there as fast as you can, or do you want to do this entirely sneaky? Like, do you want to go unnoticed? For the sake of causing the right kind of distraction, uh, I think I need to go unnoticed until I get to the top and choose otherwise. Okay, so I think, yeah, I don't think it's a break-in. I think your, your move to, you know, use your hold on that would be appropriate here. Okay. Ooh, seven. All right, so that gets you one. Yep, one hold to sneak past someone, even if they're looking for me. All right, so you've got that on deck as you make your way up, and General Anand was not kidding. Like, the higher up you go here, it is blustery, to say the least. The rest of you make your way through the halls and see similar to what Jake had the remains of dispatched demons and uh, the obvious signs of some of the soldiers being injured or taken out. But you have no resistance as you finally arrive in a large circular room with a wide open arched doorway that just leads out to a beautiful arched wide bridge. Uh, it's big enough that maybe 10 people shoulder to shoulder could walk across. It is gorgeous a gilded bridge there are sea serpents carved as the railing along the side the ground is literally inlaid with gems and silver and beyond it is the tower with a kind of a mirrored open archway that leads into the the large wide tower ahead is there anything on the bridge or anything in the tower ahead like watching the bridge? <laughs> there absolutely is. Firstly, there are a few of the soldiers here. General Anand is standing at the edge. Uh, she has not walked out onto the bridge and not let any of her soldiers. Many of them are hurt. Uh, they have a couple of broken weapons, and they're sitting to the side, tending to each other. She has a large scrape across her head. This is as far as we can go. We are in no shape to deal with the beheader. And she turns and looks, and in the darkness of that archway, you see a massive figure walking forward. Can I spend a point of luck to use my fox-eyed oddity and see the secret thoughts and feelings of those around me? Absolutely. I want to get inside this guy's head. Okay. Can't imagine it's going to be happy thoughts. No, but uh, maybe we can get some sort of insight into his strategy up to the forcible removal of the head. <laughs> mm -hmm. So... As you reach out with this, of course, you are starting to get the thoughts and feelings first of these soldiers around you. There is certainly a sense of relief from them and hope, but there's also, of course, pain and despair at those that they lost in this fight. And then from ahead, the feeling of pure joy hits you. Absolute bloodlust. The excitement for a fight. A relief, almost, that this boring task has turned into something worth the time of the beheader. You get an idea of not worry exactly, but calculation 
at the number of people that he can see across the bridge. And you also experience the magical connection that he shares with these beasts, like a mental snapping of a finger as two wolf-like creatures step up to his side. The strategy that you feel is the idea of using these creatures as essentially a way to hold people down as he rips their heads from their body and watches them tumble through the sky when he throws them off the bridge. But you're seeing him clearer and clearer as he walks across the bridge. He's got to be seven and a half feet tall, broad. He's wearing fur shoulder pads, but has a bare chest. He's got a battle axe that's as tall as he is. And these creatures again, are just twisted forms, barely even wolf-like. Their mouths open and close sideways. They have too many eyes, too many legs, and they're just walking calmly, casually at his side as he smiles at you from under his steel helm and saunters towards you. I'll say kind of under my breath to the others, don't let those things pin you down. That's what'll count on before he goes for your head. I'm going to take a black mark just to... uh take my don't fear the reaper so that I get 1d violence towards him. Seems like probably a good time to roll theatrics. All right. 11, so that's a hold two. I'll quickly pull out my ABC book and flip to the page that starts with the letter K. Cradoom starts with a C. Starts with the letter C. There we go. (laughs) I've been spelling it with a K. Uh, It's okay. So was I until I asked Tass. (laughs) Oh, I also have it with a K. All right. Mark C off of your list and... What's your question? What strategy for defeating Kradoom is he most likely to not expect? I love that. Roll Unleash a Power. 11. Woo! Uh, Do you want this to have a personal cost or spin out of control? Out of control! (laughs) So it comes to you in like images, like you connect with his mind using this book and you see him committing horrible atrocities using his demon creatures. A lot of it is the same. It's very similar that he'll use his weapon to weaken people before he rips their heads off. He'll use his creatures to tear into them and pin them down so that he can do so. This is a very specific situation. He sees many enemies, so he is prepared to play a little defensively here and use his creatures as essentially either bait for you to go after and pick them off first or as, you know, the things to hold you down while he works on individuals. So the last thing he would expect is for all of you to ignore anything else happening, the creatures attacking you, whatever, and just converge on him all at once. He thinks he is too strong and intimidating for anyone to chance that and chance the harm that his creatures would do to the combatants in that scenario. But there's a little bit of a crisscross, and you see him smile. There's an idea that he has seen into your mind and the way all of you fight as well. And he starts charging across the bridge. Oh, no. He knows how we fight, but he doesn't expect us to take him all at once. He knows he can't handle us all. I shoot him. (laughs) (laughs) Roll, get into a scrap. Yeah, uh, actually, I'm going to do a called shot. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, same thing. Same roll. Okay, there we go. Uh, 16, since it's three dice. Jesus! Uh, take the anti <laughs> or avoid harm. Uh, so, I'm going to avoid harm, and then for my called shot, 
I still get to take the ante, and I choose a tag from the following options. I pick Maimed, and this is for a scene. They drop what they're holding and can't use that arm. Amazing. Wow. Yay. Oh, that's devastating to the beheader. (laughs) All right, so you take this shot, and it clips his massive shoulder, and he drops the axe and looks back over his shoulder in bewilderment and then rage. You can still behead with one arm, right? He turns back to you slowly with a snarl and smiles and says, yes, and he charges again. Oh, man. I really wish my playbook allowed me to use a gun, but it doesn't, so I'm just going to run towards Kradoom and try to hit him with my sword. We'll get into a scrap. Seven. Oh, God. All right, Kim, you meet him at the middle of this arched bridge, right at the top. He swings his massive remaining good arm as you lash out with your sword. A line of blood rips across his chest as his hand the size of your head slams into your jaw. You just take one point of harm, but you do essentially flip sideways. He hits you so hard that you hit the ground. Megan. Yeah. The beasts behind him are still running up, but they were not as fast as him. But they seem to shimmer a little as they're bounding after him. Would you like to stand against a hallucination overcoming you as these beasts seem to be disorienting your perception of what's happening here? Oh, I'd love to, please. All right. Roll stand your ground. Who are you going to use as your focus? I think Jake, because I was waiting to see what everyone else was doing, and I was trying to anticipate what was going to happen next, and this kind of shimmering has pulled my focus from that, and I'm trying to remain focused on my friends. Absolutely, and even though he is across the bridge and hidden from Kredoom and the Beasts, you can see him, so you get an extra plus one on this. Great. Eight. Uh, I assume you'd rather mark a trouble than give in. Yeah. Nice. All right. I think the trouble you're going to take here is hallucinations, that there is a lot of feedback from the soldiers. There, again, is this like sense of hope coming from them and concern on whether they should be trying to get up and helping or not, but they're just so weak. And then there's still this magic reverb coming from the beasts themselves. So until you destroy the beasts, you will have hallucinations. I think this just gives the opportunity for you to hallucinate more, potentially. Okay. But that shimmering feeling goes away as it seemed like the beasts were going to transform in some way or do something else. What you're seeing is them actually just running up behind Kredoom, ready to help him. Jake, you're poised as the beheader and his beasts run past you and meet Kim on the center of the bridge. What do you want to do? I will try to time out a good yell to draw his attention at the opportune time to give Kim a clean shot. <gasps> nice. Thanks, Let's buddy. see a dirty trick. Foer. Oh, no. You shriek, and one of the beasts slides to a stop and turns and sees you and starts galloping back towards you. Landara, what are you doing? If it's an oldie but a goodie, I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Get into a scrap. She knows what she likes. Yeah. 
Got one job on this ship. <laughs> uh, I, I keep forgetting I can do this. I'm going to do a called shot with it. Like, I don't have to spend anything to do that. Okay. 13. All right. And what do you get here? Uh, I will take uh, no harm again, and it feels insulting. I'm going to take maimed again and deaden his other arm. <laughs> Make him Naruto run at you. (laughs) Yep. You clip him again and his arm dangles at his side and he spins around in pure anger. He literally uses Kim as like a step to walk over her and run towards you. What about no arms? Can you still do it? We will see. I want to, from the ground, uh, lash out with my rapier whip and just try to trip up his legs. All right. Uh, Give me a dirty trick here. I think if you're just doing this from the ground, I think there's a minus one. Fine. So I rolled a nine, but with my negative three, that's a six. Ooh. Can I spend my ante with him to give her plus one how does that how does that work or does do i just need to help out i uh, save my auntie yeah the the auntie you can use to trip them up and do a few other things like that is a bond that you spend but i don't think it will help her roll okay well yeah i will i will spend uh my bond because i've got his attention and so i'm, oh, sure. I'm taunting him as he's like running so yeah that brings you up to a seven I think it trips him up, but it gets really tangled in his his legs, and it rips the weapon out of your hand. Oh, damn it. Um, but he goes down hard. Like, he, he can't put his hands up to stop the fall, and so his chin just slaps into the bridge. Uh, okay, okay. May I use a hold from my theatrics to uh, fluster someone and take the ante with them? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, and then, I mean, the weapon's already out of my hands and tangled up. I might as well uh, spend that ante immediately so that he's got the grappled tag. Outstanding. You do so, and as you do so, you hear a growl as something is running towards you from behind. Megan, what are you doing? Do I see this beast running towards Kim? Oh, yeah. I want to try and rip off my hooded capelet and get it to, like, go over its face, like get its snout through the head hole of this cape so it gets trapped. So it looks nice and fancy. Oh, so it gets trapped. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like, it's like, have you seen uh, when people will do like, they'll put their hands in a circle and dogs can't resist putting their noses through <laughs> or like a piece of bread around a cat? Oh, yeah. Cat head. Uh, all right. Let's see a dirty trick. Eight. Uh, I like it. I think... It's just not going to last very long. This is going to halt it from just crashing into Kim. It'll essentially only stop it enough for her to like have one one quick move, one thing that she can do to either get out of the way or deal with the beast before it will rip its way out of that. Can I try to, while this thing is kind of blinded and distracted, try to jump up onto its back and stab it in the neck with my boot dagger? You absolutely can. What's your damage? Oh, uh, uh, it's a dagger, so I think it's just one. All right, you are able to do this freely because of Megan's distraction, uh, and so blood spurts from its neck as you stab down, and it shreds that cape and starts bucking like a bronco trying to get you off its back. <laughs> no, not my cape! <laughs> I'm sorry! 
Jake, the other beast is sprinting towards you, about to leap. I think I recognize that, and I pull out one of the few remaining grenades that we scavenged from the ship. <laughs> and I look at the thing barreling me and shake my head, and then look at Kradoom, and I just pull my hand back and yell, Landara, pull! And I want to throw the grenade right towards his head. Uh, boy, I think if you're not worrying about the beast, I think you are able to just get it exactly where you want it. I think you're able to make the throw for position. It'll still just be up to Landara's shot to see if it pays off. Is that acceptable? Perfect. All right, Landara. Let's see it get into a scrap. 14. You already have the ante from something, right? I do. So, yes. So, would I should I should I assume you're not taking harm here? Yeah. All right. So, the grenade flies through the air past Kim atop her new steed <laughs> and directly over Kradoom, who is tangled and roaring in fury as you take your shot and there's an explosion. When the dust settles, There's nothing left but a spray of blood around a hole in the bridge. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. So this is the end of the world. Pretty weird, right? I'm Hannah. I'm sure you've probably noticed by now. I'm a zombie. I didn't even be the last one. From the creator of Redmond Born and Cybernautica. I can't exactly control most of the things zombie me does. I'm basically what amounts to a backseat driver in my own body. You learn to kind of just go with it after a while, I think. Like, do I feel bad for eating a family of four when I was new? You bet. Not exactly my favorite memory. (laughs) Anna is living her best unlife, while unknowingly being on a crash course with Callie, an explorer desperately seeking to leave her mark on an American wasteland that seems to be all out of new discoveries. One might say that it's the comics that got me into this, but between you and me, I'm gonna blame the McSodas. No sense in ruining everything I like in one day. Together, this unlikely pair team up against the dangers of post apocalyptia <sighs> Okay, okay. This thing is not playing around head on. Shit incoming! Sometimes I miss the old days. Killing zombies for upstart communities, now that was a lot more simple. A lot more ethical, too. Wouldn't you say so? Don't you think it's a little more ethical to kill a zombie than just some stranger on the road? Panapocalypse. A story about love, death, and robots. 
just not the next guy. 